welcome back. You are listening to episode 19 of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of the beer and the brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. Thank you so much for joining us on our 19th episode. And Shannon, do you ever find yourself rocking out to some James blasting over the speakers while I'm home brewing? Do I ever, James? Do I ever? <laughs> Or sometimes I stumble into a live band performing at my favorite brewery. Well, this week we will showcase some bands that performed at breweries, musical genres played at breweries, and much more. And today we are joined by our friend Sierra and her husband, Andy. Welcome, Sierra and Andy. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, Jerry. We're doing great. Good to see you. Well, not see you, but good to talk to you, James and Shannon. And thank you for having us. This is going to be a blast. This is great. And for those listeners who are not aware, Andy is from the bluegrass group Deer Creek Boys, all the way from North Carolina. Welcome. Woohoo! <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I'm actually the only Tar Heel in the band. Uh, the band's based out of Amherst, Virginia, but we're close enough. And I'm sure you've done a lot of shows in North Carolina, Maine, and I know you guys really go up north. Yes, we, we've done a few in North Carolina. The... Uh, We've actually done an IBMA showcase, which is the big international uh, bluegrass music association that they have down here in Raleigh every year. And uh, next year, going to Florida, we've been all the way up to uh, Canada. So pretty much as far as you can go on the eastern uh, eastern coast. So it's a lot of fun. And it's good to know, Andy, that when you Google your name, your band will actually show up. It's kind of cool. I just have to say that because it's really cool. It's called the internet, It's James. the internet. That's how it works. You're Googleable. A oh lot of God. wacky stuff on that internet, I'm telling you. I'm glad that's the first thing that pops up if uh, someone searches my name. So we'll go with that. Could, yeah. could be a lot worse. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the history of your band? Sure. My dad played bluegrass. Uh way before I was born and was still playing it when he met and married my mom and had me. So it was always kind of around, uh, in the background growing up. And, uh, I wish I'd started a little younger, but eventually I got into it and he taught me a few chords on the guitar and eventually some rolls on the banjo and we were off to the races. So I thank him for that. And, uh, the guys I'm playing with now, I've been with the band about five, five and a half years now, and the band has been around since 1999, so this is actually the 20th anniversary year for us. Um, I've known those guys for about 15 years, and when they decided to all kind of graduate and get out, uh, out of the bands that they were currently playing with to play a little closer to home and with each other, they asked me to play with them. And I said, sure. Uh, they're all out of Amherst County, Virginia, two brothers, uh, Justin and Jason Tater Tomlin and, uh, their best friend growing up case in Ogden. Justin plays guitar. Tater plays the man, uh, excuse me. Tater plays the bass. Gosh, uh, Kaysen plays the mandolin and I'm the banjo player. And it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we get to do it and kind of scratch the itch. Now, no, they have you listed as a, a banjo picker. So f for those of us who aren't very musically inclined, mm -hmm. is that just a way of saying you are the banjo player? I am, yes. Uh, there's a lot of lingo, and I may say some of that during this during this uh, interview. 
and I'm sorry I can explain anything, <laughs> but there's a lot of insider terms we use. Um, uh, I'm a picker. Um, you know, let me grab my axe. I'm a grinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do the picking and she does the grinning. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a nice dynamic. And I'm sure also while you're playing the banjo, Sierra, you're probably drinking a beer, right? Um, actually, Andy is the one drinking the beer tonight. He's actually got, um, <laughs> if you guys have seen the, um, dessert pack from Wicked Weed Brewing in North Carolina, local brews, of course. Um, he's got the German chocolate cake Imperial Stout and it is infused with coconut actually. Oh, wow. And I'm having a little bit of the bubbly tonight. <laughs> so. oh, that sounds delicious. You'll have to send us a picture of that, uh, beer that Andy's drinking. Although I'm sure it'll be empty. <laughs> it's pretty much empty now. So <laughs> he started pre-gaming before the podcast. <laughs> That's great. Pre- podcast pre-gaming. I love it. That's how it's hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> leave it to leave it to, leave it to the wives, Andy, to be like hashtag hashtagging it up. Uh, I hear we are we are in that culture, my friend. Hey Shannon, <laughs> hashtag truth hearts. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. I was no, gonna no. say hashtag. He's hundred percent that. No much, no <laughs> no. Well, who knows? Maybe I'll sing a song later and I'll dedicate it to Lizzo. So oh, God. who knows? I can't wait for that. There you go. But anyway, so Andy, when you've been playing with your up with the band and you've done many venues, what do you think like, is important between the band and the audience? And I know a lot of bands play breweries now. What are you looking for in the audience to really get you guys amped up and vice versa? We really like, well, we've been described by people that haven't seen us before and just happen to be at that particular festival or venue, they always say, I'm really impressed with the energy you guys put out on stage. And that's not a conscious thing on our part. We just get into it and we'll, we're very animated for a bluegrass band. Um, our, our bass player, you know, bobs up and down like a bobblehead. He really gets into it. Our mandolin player head bangs. We love it. So we hear that a lot. And, uh, and it's infectious because the crowd will get into it, uh, whether they're fans coming to see us or if they just happen to be there and see us and hear us for the first time. We, we hear that probably every show we play. So, so that's important. And uh, the other thing is we're just very lucky that the, the people coming to hear us like what we're playing because we play what we want to play. So we get really lucky that they seem to enjoy that as much as we do. Right. And I have so, a question for you because I have, I think about this a lot when we're at, at places. What do you think is the proper etiquette or do you have strong feelings about what the proper etiquette is for when a band is performing somewhere, maybe like a smaller venue. So if you're at a brewery or somewhere that's smaller, should they be paying attention? Is it more background music? Like what are your thoughts on that? Cause I always feel like rude when I'm not paying attention to the band, but I also want to talk to the people that I'm with. Oh yeah, we're you know we're we're pretty lucky that most of the venues we play, there's a stage, there's a sound man, people are are there to hear us, so we're really not in the background. Um, there, there are certain types of music that are perfect for background music. Bluegrass really isn't one of them. <laughs> um, is but but as long as people you know are cracking their beers and and getting into it, we're happy. Okay, it's more of a get up and go type. 
type music, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of your a lot of your festivals, people will, will want to dance in front of the stage, and that's all well and good, but we're just like, uh, eh, dance to the side of the stage. <laughs> yeah. I always think that too. It's like always it seems you're probably like the same five people that would get up and just like block mm-hmm. everyone else's view and you're like, That's all well and good. Can you move over a little bit to your left or right so everyone else can enjoy it too? Yeah, anybody who dances in front of the stage is really saying, look at me, look at me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But we also know that they may have imbibed a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. uh, Depending on the venue, we may be doing that ourselves on stage. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. What our liquid courage. Oh, absolutely. And in case the listeners are worried... uh, Oh, worried. Well, they're worried. worried in case they're worried about that. Uh, I don't think they are. <laughs> in case they are, um, it might be a good idea to check uh, Deer Creek Boys out online. And they have a new album, Chaos Theory. Is that correct, uh, Andy? Yes, sir. That's our third uh, record um, with the Mountain Fever Records label. They're based out of uh, Willis, Virginia. And we put out Chaos Theory earlier this year in the summer. Uh, very proud of it. It's gotten a lot of great airplay um, from the wonderful DJs and the fans that request it. Um, and it's hit a lot of the bluegrass charts um, from the XM radio. So we're, oh. we're, we're very, we're very happy with that. And uh, it's always fun to go and do the recording process and, and uh, count the beer cans in the, in the <laughs> recycle bin uh, every time we go up there, but it, it, it is a lot of fun. And we've been very blessed uh, to cut our third, third album with mountain fever records. Great. And where can people find that if they're interested? Most any of your streaming services. I know we have a Spotify channel. I know we're on Pandora. Um, the the dying throws, death throws of iTunes, if you're into that <laughs> thing, which I, which I am. I'm not making fun of that. I, I'm an iTunes guy myself. Um, and if you'd like any hard copies, they're available through mountainfever.com, uh, Mountain Fever Records. And at any of our live shows, which is great because you get an autographed copy. Ooh. Oh, cool. Good to know. Insider tip. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it, it's a lot of fun. We're, we're very happy with it. Good. Okay. So now we're going to get into some of our discussion about different experiences at breweries and music. So James, what a, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So behind this episode, I've always been really intrigued by not only the craft brewers and the maltsters and basically like it takes a huge community to get the beers that we all love. And we kind of take for granted when you can just go to your local store and you have that available. So I think it's great now that music, which is so creative and it's, you need talent to be musical. Like I did trumpet, I I did other things. (laughs) And some people think they have talent and they don't. Well, that's a different story, but so breweries, they all have different vibes, just like the inside appearance of each brewery, just like the beers themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I always thought, why do some breweries pick certain styles of music? Does it go with their vibe? Does it not go with their vibe? So we've, in Massachusetts, kind of been spoiled with great breweries because mm-hmm. there's so many of them now. And they each kind of form their own identities, which I think is amazing. And for example, Craft Roots and Milford, they have a great vibe of 70s, 80s, and classic rock, and they do acoustic plays. And it's more of like a laid back, like what you would expect to find, not necessarily in Massachusetts, which is kind of great. 
And Medusa, on the other hand, and Hudson Mass, they have a very like alternative and rock and more of like an industrial feel behind the music that they choose to play. Mm-hmm. And have you found that like similar for other breweries we've gone to? Uh, yeah, I think like a lot of I can definitely tell that it's more of an expression of the owners, almost like their art as well. So I know you know a couple episodes ago we talked about can art and creativity and brewing. I think it's just an extension of that. Kind of putting your personality into the brand of what you are uh, putting out there for your your patrons to enjoy. So I know Percival, which we probably talk about a lot, uh, they play a lot of rock, hip-hop, but kind of like a mixture of everything. I know like Saturday morning is kind of like Saturday morning jazz, chill, like, you know, kind of there's the Magic 106.7 up here near us. It's kind of like that vibe. I definitely think that it's an expression of the the owners and kind of like what their personality is projected into the music. Yeah, and I think even when we've traveled and like when we were in Austin, Texas, Hops and Green Brewing, they had everything from like country, reggae. They kind of had like that honky tonk music plan, which I loved, especially being in Texas, like for the first time. And they even have jazz music. And I think jazz music is something not many people want to like necessarily listen to nowadays, like, which I think is kind of a shame. <laughs> I think you just got all of the jazz lovers. Well, good. I mean, no, no, I think it's great. I love jazz myself. I'm saying like, I think it's one of, like, if you turn on the radio today, I think 99% is your Lizzo. So. Okay. And Sierra, Sierra, what do you think of that? Oh yeah, definitely. Lizzo is the queen bee right now, but you were talking about jazz and Andy was over here jumping up and down because we both <laughs> are, Smooth jazz lovers. He always is changing the channel. If it's not bluegrass, it's definitely jazz on the Sirius XM radio. But you got to have a little truth hurts there in a little while. And sometimes you're feeling good as hell. And you can blame it on the juice, you know? (laughs) It's very true. It's true. Um, But then there's also the live music, right? So you kind of mentioned to Andy about, like, what he feels like as from the band's point of view. So if the music's just live at a brewery i found like it's a lot more of like an outdoor experience so like knockabout brewing and mashpee mass they had a band mountain weekend and their mountain weekend and they have an instagram account and we loved their set so much and they had such great talent and they play breweries all over the northeast scott their lead singer has been brewing actually for decades which i thought was the greatest thing in the world because here you know here he is doing a talent, musical talent, and then he also can appreciate the brewing in the brewery. And so he brews his own 50 gallons, and he typically brews an IPA, which I think is awesome. For those listeners out there who know I like my IPAs. And so they uh, find local beer, and they find that local beer and local music fit together perfectly. It's like the perfect pairing, as you will. Haha, <laughs> James is a little pun there. Or not a pun, but... What? That wasn't a pun. You know, I missed it. One of those, I don't know. I don't know what the, what it's called. I don't know. I don't even know what you were trying to say. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, so their new song, Song for Mary, um, is truly a perfect pairing for enjoying some brews. With some, it has some nice harmonies in it, and as well as acoustics. And they played in bars, and then their contacts actually led them to the breweries, which I found was really interesting because before, I feel like as a band, you you might not want to play in something that's not going to get you a lot of attention. But nowadays, breweries are like those hot spots for communities. Um, And I asked them when asked what kind of a style of music um, their IPA would represent. 
Um, they responded with music synonymous with rustic New England, resilient, meaningful, and humble. Sounds like home. And uh, Mountain Weekend actually sent us a clip for y'all, y'all to enjoy. So let's have a listen. And if you like what you heard, make sure to check them out on Instagram and their website. So, Sierra and Andy, what breweries do you guys go to? What kind of music is typically there? Like, what do you guys think about the music scene in breweries? Well, actually, that got me thinking because it's really, depending on where we are, we like to sample the local breweries. So, uh, one of our favorites is up in uh, right outside of Amherst, Virginia, near Lynchburg, uh, where my bandmates are from. It's called the Blue Mountain Barrel House. We've actually played for several of their release parties, which are awesome. Uh, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. And uh, down here towards Raleigh, our way, you're getting more of your – there's a local brewery called uh, Gizmo, which does a lot of delightfully wonderful – I guess, experimental beers. Um, There's actually another great brewery in Raleigh called Brewery Bavana, and they are a brewery bookshop, jewelry shop. Oh, I'll go there. Yeah, it's like a library. You can, you know, get a brew and sit down at a table and be surrounded by nice house plants and just um, really pretty ambiance in general within the brewery. And also there's another brewery that's owned by women in Raleigh. It's called Trophy Wife Brewing. And they had a glitter beer out for a while, actually. So that was neat to sample. But they're another really popular brewery down here in the Raleigh area. And I think that Andy was going to say something. Just uh, and one quick shout out to another brewery that we just recently discovered um, down in Wilmington, North Carolina at the coast where I actually went to college. And it's a good thing this brewery didn't exist when I was down there, but it's called <laughs> Flying Machine. And they have a, an incredible array of, of uh, different beers that you can sample there. Our personal favorite is actually one called Breakfast with Pegasus, which is brewed with hay, sweet hay. Mm. And it's, it's, it's just lovely. And, um, that's, that's really, you know, that's what we like to do to, to experiment, uh, with the local breweries, depending on where we are, which is one of the best things about being in the band I'm in, uh, because you get to sample stuff you might otherwise not be able to try. Yeah. With all the traveling you do, I bet you find some different stuff all around. Oh, it's it. And, and it's different. You know, when we go up to Canada, uh, kind of uh, the New Brunswick, Nova Scotia area, there's a wonderful beer called Alexander. Alexander Keith's. Keith's. <laughs> oh, 
it's an IPA and we just love it. We can't really find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And every time we go up there, we have wonderful friends and fans that make sure we have a, a nice supply of Alexander Keith. Because those who like it, like it a lot. <laughs> they do. And it is, it is a gorgeous beer. I wish we could get it down here, but it's kind of nice to not have it. So it's more special when we, when we go up there and can, and can get it. It does pop up here a couple of times a year. It shows up. It shows its face. <laughs> Oh, man, it needs to come further down. That's yeah. wonderful. Or maybe we'll just have to make another pilgrimage up, and I'll actually bring Andy this time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Don't make him stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James. So another aspect to music and brewing is brewing and music. So whenever I homebrew, I definitely crank up the tunes, and most of the time... Shannon has just nowhere to be found in the house because she's like, all right, that's it. I'm out. And I just have like the windows all open. I turn the radio up and my whatever music I have on and I just start blasting music because when I'm getting through cleaning, all the cleaning, more cleaning, I want to kind of jam out while I'm cleaning. So I especially, <laughs> like, <laughs> I especially like to blast rock and my favorite pump up music currently when I brew is some classic Ozzy Osbourne, Aerosmith. Um, well, it used to be the format with uh, Nate, and now it's fun that I listen to. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, throw in some country just for the hell of it. You know how it is. And, uh, yeah, get get brewing. And sometimes I do get lost in the music. Ha- pop a couple open, have some music, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's my timer. got to uh, add some hops. <laughs> you can hear it over the music. Strider likes to jam out, too, to the music. He loves it. Oh, I'm sure he does. He likes when I dance to it, too, with him. <laughs> yeah, so for those homebrewers out there, uh, let us know what kind of music you listen to while you homebrew. Yeah, see if it, it influences your style at all. Yeah, so you guys know us now that we're all about doing some fun games. Mm-hmm. And since we have the pleasure of having Andy and Sierra with us today, uh, we are going to play a game called Brews and tunes. So, uh, Andy, what we're going to have you do is I'm going to say a style beer, and then you're going to play your banjo for us for what you think that style of beer would sound like. Oh, my. This sounds like I'm on whose line is it anyway. (laughs) And and if you need a um, ask the audience, then um, you can just jam out to one of your own... um, Musical, like a phone a friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phone a friend. I was I like, like, don't phone a friend of me because I won't know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, are you ready, Andy? Let's do it. All right. So you are going to play oak aged barrel stout. Ooh, my! That's a tough one to start off with here. Let's try it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, James is rocking out. I was, here, I was so. already rocking out. I was like beating my foot on the thing, and Shannon's like, "Stop moving your foot because the listeners are gonna hear you beating your foot." Why? <laughs> we're trying to listen to Andy here. Well, so, well, some of those, some of those groovier tunes, they, you know, if if, if you do that in the bluegrass circles, speaking of the vernacular, they'll say, "Man, that's stout." So that was oh. just the first thing that first thing that popped into my mind when you said that. Good job. 
Yeah. Yes. Make the connection. Okay. Speaking from a crowd perspective, you'll definitely see people bobbing their heads around and yeah. James will fit right in. And Sierra, since you used to play the fiddle and I understand that's how you met Andy, right? You were in a bluegrass band as well and you met Andy. Is that true? That is true. We actually, the stars actually aligned. We, um, my band was getting ready to go on stage and his band was coming off a stage and his friend actually noticed me first and pointed me out to Andy and said, Hey man, she hot. Best, best, <laughs> best friend I've ever had. I'll tell you. But one way to go. So oh yeah. But we, it's, you know, who else gets to say that they met at a bluegrass festival in line for the band competition? I mean, it's almost like saying you met your baby in the Porta John line. <laughs> well, I think a little bit better than that. A little more romantic. <laughs> Just a smidgen. All right. Sorry. We derailed. That's okay. Oh, okay. So, Sierra, uh, what style beer would you have Andy play next? Well, my favorite and Andy's favorite, well... Actually, we'll start with Andy's favorite. Andy's favorite is a good sour beer. He likes Wicked Weeds Funkatorium. They make a great line of sour beers. And so um, I think that maybe a sour, a sour black tuna. cherry Ooh. aged in Chardonnay barrels. That's got so Shannon sour. written all <laughs> over it. All right, Andy. Okay. You got a sour beer. All righty. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> Standing ovation. Kind of put a weird twisty uh, pull-off lick in there to mimic uh, the mouth I make when I drink sour <laughs> That's awesome. Twist and I was actually thinking that, too. I was like, a sour beer would definitely have a little, like, you know, like that little, it, like you said, yeah. Okay. Do you want to do one more? Sure. What was the All other? Right, I think he's yeah. got to do an IPA. Yeah. Abso abso that. Abso <laughs> absolutely. All right, here we go. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, Shannon, like, it kind of like looked at me like, "All right, something's coming here." <laughs> no, let's let's try it out. Why, why not? I why not? Answer. Well, it's bitter, right? So it's <laughs> just by that reaction alone. So give us something bitter, like a nice bitter twang. I don't know. <laughs> oh, all right, let's see here. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I would drink that all day. All day. All day. <laughs> all day. Awesome. Well, thank you for playing along with us. Great job. Oh, hey, sure. That was the best uh, practice workout I've had in a while. I kind of like that exercise. <laughs> Sarah, now you know what to do when he needs more practice. Just start I yelling at beers I'm at him. Beer she, yeah, she'll just be calling beers, and he'll just have to hand her, like, the IPA as a sour. <laughs> she'll be like, no, I need inspiration. Come on. And he's just going to have his banjo on, and he's just going to be like, all right, come on. No IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scouts and sours. Yeah. So to wrap up our music portion of today's episode, 
We are going to treat everyone to James's lovely singing voice again. You know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I didn't get any mail saying, you know what, James really just shouldn't sing on a, a beer podcast. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna give some crap. Torture beer your earbuds again because nobody said not to. Exactly. So this is this is James's uh, original song. With no music behind it, just acapella. Well, I was going to say, Andy, like, you're drinking too here. Like, if you want to get behind this and play a low, just like a mellow banjo <laughs> behind it, like, this could work out really well. It could be a top 10. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what key are we thinking? It, you know. Oh, don't ask him that. A tone deaf no key? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, Sierra and Shannon would have a better idea of that, but, man. I don't know. Well, you said this was more of a... A slow country song. Yeah, so something of that vibe. Not not as crazy. So it's it's gonna be short. Be That's perfect. All right, here we go. Oh, this is okay. this is a little uh song I like to call Home Brewer. So here we go, Andy. Let's take it away. A one, two, one, two, three. Old man's brewing up some grains, malt, and hops and oh two oh. Mash, boil, and sparge, on we go. Gotta make sure that wart hits its OG, cause he's got that magic recipe. Oh yeah, she's brewing up some grain small hops and H2O. He's feeling that double hoppy. Chill, pitch the yeast, leave that shit for a couple of weeks. Drink, share, and repeat. Yeah, you're a home brewer. (laughs) (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. Come see Tone Deaf Home Brewer at nowhere near you. (laughs) Thank you, Andy, for humoring him. Yeah, that was great, Andy. I appreciate it. I've heard I've heard worse. <laughs> good That's to good. know. That's good. That on the road. Yeah, you guys go on tour together. I I, I I pledge that performance to Lizzo. She taught me everything there needs to know about vocals. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that concludes our music portion of this t- today's episode. So, Andy and Sarah, we want to thank you very much for being on today's show. And is there anything else you want to plug before you go? Oh, not much. Just uh, check us out, DeerCreekBoys.co and uh, Mountain Fever Records. Um, just thank you so much for having us, James and, and Shannon, and this was a blast. No problem. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. I know that we've been trying to get this hooked up for a while, and I just wanted to plug you guys because you guys give some great brewery advice. Um, thanks to you guys and your podcast actually is how we ended up finding and falling in love with flying machine and also for letting me experience the let me see if i can say the state right massachusetts yeah (laughs) good job is that the one i have to say it real slow yep Mm -hmm. massachusetts yep and and see a real quick before you go can you do your best boston accent for us i know i because because it get back the time you made fun of her accent absolutely This is, this is your, this is your chance. I went up to Baston and I saw the Green Monster. <laughs> and I went up on the North End and I ate some Italian and I had some really good oysters. 
and seafood. You know what I'm talking about, man? <laughs> Go Sox. Wow, yeah. Oh, Tom gosh. Brady. Tom, Tom Brady, the goat. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> he is a goat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank guys. you. I, Cheers. Well, thank you, Sierra and Andy, for joining us for that part of our episode. So now with the holiday coming up, uh, Thanksgiving is in a couple days. So I felt it was only appropriate for the history uh, nerd in me to bring up some history facts regarding beer. Um, just to kind of clear the air a little bit for some of the stories that are out there. Are you ready, James? I'm ready. And for those of you going to Thanksgivings with your family or friends, maybe they could use some of this at the dinner table. Yeah, you can entertain people with these fun facts. We'll see. (laughs) Okay, so there have been stories out there that the Mayflower landed early because the pilgrims were running out of beer. (gasps) My worst nightmare. Yeah. Everyone's worst nightmare. So some of the stories have been blown out of proportion, but there's actually some kernels of truth behind it. So on the Mayflower, they had water, obviously, but water went bad quickly in those days because you're on a ship for months. You're coming from England across the ocean. They're stored in these barrels that aren't sealed very properly. So they did have water transported on the Mayflower, but it would become black and could harbor deadly microorganisms. People could drink it and become sick and die, which is not good when you are packed full of people for months at a time. So beer they also had on the ship, and that was always drinkable because it stored, it lasted a long time, um, and everyone was able to drink it. So all of the passengers, including children, drank beers, basically their main source of water instead of the water that was stored in the barrels. And it makes sense because beer is more than 90% water. so. So that's also a fun fact if, you know, just get a bunch of drunk kids running around a ship. <laughs> no, that's, so that's the thing. It wasn't high in alcohol content. It was more for the preserving of the water that they wanted the beer. So they were really just drinking beer for water. It wasn't high al- alcohol, so there weren't drunk three-year-olds running around the Mayflower causing havoc. At least not that's been recorded. So Captain Christopher Jones, who was captain the Mayflower, realized that they were running low on beer. And he knew that he needed to preserve the stores to get his crew back to England because they weren't staying. They were kind of just dropping off the settlers, and then they were going to turn around and go back to England. So they actually landed in Plymouth because they got they were supposed to be going all the way down to Virginia. They ended up just landing up here in Massachusetts in Plymouth. Um, and so they got deposited, and so he wanted to make sure that his crew had enough beer to make it back, and they wouldn't die of brackish water. Um, so that was kind of like the reasoning, but, or people think that was like the sole reason as to why the Plymouth or the settlers got kicked off the Mayflower, quote unquote. Like, it makes it sound like people were just like, okay, get beer off. crazy. Like, like I got to save my beer, content. like yeah. get away from us, like hoarding the beer. And then they just turned around and left, but that's not true. Um, there are other factors that it went into it. So they actually left, um, England, uh, later than they anticipated. So there was a couple of things going on with the um, contracts with their investors and things like that. And they actually had two ships that were they were planning to take. So they had the Mayflower and they had the Speedwell <laughs> that they were taking. But when they left, good old Speedwell started taking on water. So it wasn't very speedy anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, so they had to turn around and go back to England and get everyone on the Mayflower. So basically two ships of people were put on the Mayflower. Um, And then, so they left later than they anticipated. When they got to New England, it was already December. So 
winter was setting in. The Patriots were on a winning track through another Super Bowl. Yeah, and and the 1600s. Through Foxborough. Yeah, that's how old Tom Brady is. Yeah. (laughs) Since the 1600s. Um, So they need to get settled before winter set in, so therefore they couldn't stay on the ship for too much longer. Otherwise, if they continued down to Virginia, they were going to run into bad weather and, and all kind of factors like that. So they deposited them, they helped them get settled, and then the ship left. So there was a period of time where they helped them, and then they got out of there. So it wasn't just a, you know basically throw them overboard and then turn around and and go back to England. So that was kind of a little bit more of a backstory as to why the sellers actually got off the Mayflower where they did, and not just because they were running out of beer. Although, I guess if you really want to make it a fun story, you would say that. And then the other myth that I wanted to debunk that some people might know about is that people think that when the settlers first landed and then the infamous first Thanksgiving or harvest meal um, with the Native Americans happened, some people think that there were breweries already here in America, which is not true because they barely had supplies to feed their family. They're not concerned about starting a brewery. You know, that's not the first thing on their minds. Um, so they actually, for the first Thanksgiving, they did not drink beer. They drank hard cider. Oh, so if okay. you want to be historically accurate, I mean, I guess technically there's really no way to Definitely know if it's historically accurate because there weren't a ton of journals or logs kept for that time. But the common drink in England was hard cider. So they most likely would have been drinking that instead of beer at their first Thanksgiving slash harvest dinner with the Native Americans. I feel like that would be a great t-shirt. Pilgrims drank hard cider, not beer. For those people who don't like it. Oh, that's a really bad advertisement for beer. No, that's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just some fun Thanksgiving things for you. And if your relatives don't like those stories, well, then you can delve into some craft beer. So some recommendations I have for people to bring to their Thanksgiving gatherings. Uh, what I'd first suggest is actually going to your favorite local brewery and getting a growler or squealer or whatever um, the local brewery that you are near does for their fills and bring one of your favorite beers that you like to enjoy and share it with others and it's the freshest beer you can get it supports your local breweries so that's my number one and it's also really cool to get to like pour out Mm -hmm. either a 32 or 64 ounce of whatever your favorite is unless you're going to a gathering that has many people and you can keep that for yourself in your own cooler so i was gonna say it might be a good opportunity if you're looking to do something fun at Thanksgiving and you have a lot of relatives or friends that you're going to be with that also like craft beer. It could be a good time to do a beer swap, you know, I invite your friends to bring a couple and you all swap and try things and make it an interesting day and give thanks for the craft beer in your life. Well, thank you, Shannon, for taking my number two oh, that sorry. I was reading into. I clearly did not pay attention. <laughs> So, yeah, what other way is is good to celebrate <laughs> with your friends and family is to start off with a bang. So, for those of you, I know a lot of people, they talk about Thanksgiving and, oh, you know, I don't, there's always a relative that I don't want to talk to or that I just want to do my own thing. Well, you can start it off with a bang. Uh, try more of a mid ABV to a higher ABV to start before your appetizers or just a nice IPA, which is I like to do, is like a Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Or like a Lawson Sip of Sunshine. Or one of my other favorites, Maine Brewing's Lunch. Start off with that for a one beer. 
And then for apps and a pre-meal, go with your lower ABV, easy drinkable beers. So this is to sustain the festivities, and you don't want to be that person who's four deep before the meal even gets there. Or you don't want to be so full of beer that you can't have turkey. Exactly. God, and, and all the trimmings. And, and pineapple souffle and cranberry and mashed potatoes and green beans and rolls and yams in orange cups. Orange I'm just going to keep naming all the foods we have at my parents' house. <laughs> or if you're not in the U.S. for that pizza that you're about to order or that. To not celebrate Thanksgiving. To not celebrate Thanksgiving. it's an American holiday. Exactly. Although if you're an expat, I guess you would still celebrate in other countries. Well, so. you can just celebrate with the beers then and call it your Thanksgiving because you're thankful for the craft beers that you're going to have. True. So for like I was saying, for your apps and pre-meal, go with your lower ABVs. Uh, I like to go with an Allagash White or a nice Belgian-style wheat beer. Um, it's a lower ABV, and it pairs brilliantly with your meats and salads. So if you have salads uh, before your meal, Main course, go with a nice porter or stout. And for dessert, a barrel-aged brew would be amazing to have. Mm. It's one more of one of those sippable beers that you want to have and you enjoy it just like a chocolate dessert usually or apple pie. Yes, I, I think you're your Mac, apple pie. I think you're Mac. Ham pie. Cranberry pie. Apple pie. <laughs> All the pies Shannon knows. And Everyone how is in their cars or wherever they listen to this like, okay, now I really just want some pie. Everyone loves pie, except for you. Except, yes. yeah, I like some pie, but not mm, too much. Okay, we'll get into that another time. Well, that's that's it for our episode this week. So thank you very much to our special guests, Sierra and Andy, the Deer Creek Boys, Mountain Weekend, and all our listeners. Yep, that's right. That's you. Yes. So like your favorite craft beers, we need you to share the experience. On Instagram and Facebook, you can... Tag your friends on your favorite episode. You can follow our podcast on Instagram um, and leave, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, also on Google Podcasts. And for more on Double Hop Beat, visit our website at www.doublehopbeatpodcast.com. And this has been Double, Double Hop Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you, on you on the, the Bruce side. side.